Hey, this is Sean Mandoli, and I'm the pastor of Sanctuary LA, and you're listening to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this message encourages and inspires you. Remember to follow us on social media at My Sanctuary LA and enjoy the message. Here we go. Acts chapter 7, verse 30. Here it goes. He's talking about Moses. And when I'm going to jump right in. I'm going to start just giving you some points, and we'll be out of here in no time. And, and when 40 years had passed, took 40 years to get a word from God. Some of you are like, man, where's God at? Moses then led the children of Israel through the wilderness 40 years. Somebody say season. So season, and, many, and in Scripture too, 40 can represent a generation. All right? But when 40 years had passed, an angel of the Lord appeared. <laughs> 40 years. The man is on the run, right, for killing somebody. Okay? And he felt it was justified. So 40 years, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire, in a bush, in the wilderness of Mount Sinai. And I want to encourage you, God does not need a a cute environment to and for you to encounter him sometimes I feel like we got to make everything cute for God to show up no all right that he showed up in the wilderness in a bush in the wilderness this ain't like some lush bush this ain't Florida you know where everything is green you know what I'm saying this ain't the rainforest this is the wilderness dry dusty rocking the sandals all kind of dirt between his toes, just shifting through the sand, you know, watching sheep. I mean, this ain't cute. Anybody ever go, let's go camping in the wilderness? Anyone? Whoa, okay, some of y'all, okay. My wife would be like, nope, I'm not camping. She ain't camping nowhere. Glamping, you even tell her, babe, let's glamp. She'll be like, define it in the forest. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like, it's out there. It's like outside the gate is woods. Inside here is a pool and, and room service. Somebody say amen. <laughs> That's camping for the Mandolis. Now, I'm down. I'm like, let's go. So uh, the only way I'm camping with kids is if I go with some of you. So if you're ever going to do it, let me know. Mama's staying at the house. But I, I'll bring the kids with me. So come on now. Yeah, kids love it. My wife doesn't. Okay. But... And when 40 years, I mean, 40 years, somebody say faithful, 40 years have passed. I mean, sometimes, you know, these moments, these holy moments, it's, you know, 40 years and the angel Lord appeared and to him in a flame of fire in the bush in the wilderness of Mount Sinai, wilderness, wilderness, wilderness. And, and God's going to speak on the other side of our faithfulness. God's going to come, the angel of the Lord, the word of the Lord is going to come. And there's something so powerful when you are transitioning and how God, I just, I've experienced it myself when I've transitioned and took a step of faith. Like I was, the word of the Lord was so clear in those times. And then I get in my season and I'm like walking it out by faith again. And then I, and then, and then I, I complete a season or I complete this thing God's walking me through. I complete my quote unquote 40 years and God once again, here you go. It's what he did for Moses. Revelation is on the other side of your current season. It's representation of a season. 
God, to everything there is a season. That life is in seasons. I was listening to a preacher this weekend. He was saying the number one way prophetic people, people that have an innate gifting and ability to really hear the voice of God multiple ways, just maybe just have more of, a, of an ear to certain things. He said the, the place they miss it more times than anything is timing. That's where we miss it. I'm not saying God didn't speak to you. I'm just wondering if you got the timing right. Because our timing is when we're annoyed, I'm out. Come on now. Come on now. In this consumer-driven culture, customer service, you, you have to wait three seconds in line. Peace. I'm hungry. I'm going somewhere else. God does not operate according to capitalistic consumerism. Oh, Jesus. I'm preaching good in here. I'm not saying customer service isn't good, but even in our churches, we make it so easy for people. I mean, we got people at the door. How you doing? Sit on over here. We got air conditioning for you. We got the lights just right. Well, I'm just telling you, God don't always operate like that. Some of y'all look at me, well, I'm glad the AC's on though, Pastor Sean. Yeah, me too. I know. I'm with you. We're in this together. But God does not always operate like that. We try to make things so easy for people. God doesn't always try to make things easy for us. The marketplace wants it easy for you. Why? Because they want you to buy it. They want you to come back. Nothing wrong with that. I love great customer service. I do not appreciate bad customer service. Come on, somebody. I don't care if it's an airline or if it's um, um, a chicken spot or if it's uh, somewhere I want to buy clothes or if it's a sneaker store. Like, bad customer service, I'm gone. I don't know if God would pass the customer service test. Yeah, Jesus, you're the center of my joy. I don't know if God would pass it. Jesus said, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's, let's go to uh, verse 31. I just want to ask that question. Do you still marvel or do we tolerate God and the way he works? Or do you marvel, church? Are you still, when God does something, you're like, man. Like when that when Luke, Luciano came up out of my wife, I was like, oh my God, wow. Yeah. And then I was like, whoa, I wonder if somebody filmed me, I would have been like looking kind of weird because I just saw a baby come up out of her. And he's like, Rah! looking like a velociraptor, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I was like, whoa, wow. We were looking at him last night, and my wife's like, this boy was inside of me seven days ago. I'm like, what a trip. Marvel. Do you still marvel at who God is and how he works? I mean, even in our natural world, you ever just look at the clouds and the sun and the moon and the stars and you're like, wow. You know, just this whole earth is spinning on its axis and the sun traveling on its ecliptic and I sound pretty smart, don't I? I don't even know what that means. I learned it in, um, uh, what is it, astronomy? Yeah, yeah. I got an A in astronomy, by the way, surprisingly. I sat next to smart people. That's why. <laughs> no, but like, think about, like, do you, do you still marvel? Do you still marvel at when God, may, maybe it's this little thing you're believing for and then somebody comes and tells you that thing and you're like, dang, I was just reading that scripture. Now you're telling me like, wow, God's got my number. 
Even the little things. Some you're, you ever just, um, something you're going through and then you just literally just crack the book open and you're like, oh, there it is. I didn't have to like read for two hours. There it is. And it, can anybody relate to me? Do you still marvel? It says that he marveled at the sight. I believe Moses' marvel was the doorway to his next season. God showed up in his wilderness, and it, the first thing Moses did was simply, wow. And many times when God wants to speak to us and drop something on us, we don't say, wow. We go, how? How's that going to happen? Choose somebody else. I know somebody way more talented than me, way more gifted than me. But, but God wants your wow. That's what started it. That was his first. He marveled at the sight. I would too. But do you marvel? All right. And as he drew near to observe, there it is. He drew near. He marveled and he drew near to observe. Here's my other point. Here we go. If you're taking notes or you're, you got it in the app there, God will speak, but you have to lean in on his word. He didn't talk yet. God didn't talk yet. Moses marveled, then he leaned in. I said, God didn't talk yet. Moses marveled and then he leaned in. You got to lean into it. You got to lean into it. Because is it, like, it wasn't like he understood it all. It was fire burning in a bush. So many times we don't lean in because we want a full explanation. And I'm here to tell you right now, God does not desire to be understood. He desires to be believed and obeyed. God at the core of the creator of the universe, he did not create humanity for them to understand him. Because I don't understand him a lot of the time. But I... He desires to be trusted, right? Say with my kids, I don't need you to understand me. Just believe me, <laughs> trust me. Come on, parents. Come on, yeah, see, right? I, I mean, as a parent, I just want you to work with me here, right? Do the dishes. Empty the, clean up your toys. I don't want to clean up my tongue. That's what we do. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to serve. I don't feel like lifting up my hands this morning. I did last week, but not right now. Come on now, some of y'all. Some of y'all need to repent right now. Just turn to Jesus. <laughs> All right, you guys good? Come on, somebody. Say it again. Say, lean into it. So, so God will speak, but you have to lean in on his word. You got to lean in on his word. Here we go. Verse 33, then the Lord said to him, here it is. Here's the word of the Lord. Oh, actually, before that, let me read this. And he, uh, the voice, uh, observe, he drew near to observe. The voice of the Lord came to him saying, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. When God is... Uh, wanting to speak to you in the, in, the, in the season change, this new thing, and the holy ground moment, if you will. He's going to talk about who he is. God is, is, not, is not having an identity crisis. 
He does not need um, Prozac or any kind of pharmaceutical drug to make him feel good about himself. I'm talking about God now. He does not. So when he shows up, he's going to talk to you about who he is. He says, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses trembled and dared not look. Verse 33, then the Lord said to him, take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Here's my next point. Holy ground is where God handles business. Verse 33, then the Lord said to him, take your sandals off your feet. This is, this is powerful here. That when we, when God comes to us, when we encounter God, when he's speaking to us, and however that plays out in your life, you are going to have more moments like this with God. There's a season change. There's a new thing God's going to do in your life. You, you've come through some things. You have a, uh, some things in your past you're not proud of. You, you, you've come through that. You've, you've kind of maybe gotten your bearings back, and then God's like, boom, I'm going to speak to you now. There's something new happening. I'm going to have you do something here. I'm, I'm, I'm calling you to do something. I'm here to tell you right now. That's what this message is about today. Holy ground is all about when God calls you into that next place, into that next season. He said, take your sandals off your feet. And this is the thing. Basically, what is this saying? That what you came with you can't leave with and, and you got you got to take something off the Bible says you know take off the old man put on the new man take off the old nature when when God shows up there's something we have on us God's like take it off when you get married you have a single mindset you're going to take some stuff off some perspectives. The covenant requires death. There is no covenant without death. There is beauty in death. The, that's how God operates via death. Jesus, death. He had to die for the covenant to be solidified. For the old covenant to die, the, somebody had to die to nullify it. That we were divorced from the law because Jesus died, that a woman is free from her husband once he dies. Don't get any ideas, women, killing your husbands. That's how God operates. He said, you got to take something off. Take it. This is my ground. This is the thing. What God calls you, he's calling you on his grounds, his territory, how he does it. This is my game. You are on my territory. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am the holy God that always was, that is, and always will be. When you step up into my space, take your shoes off. Because we're about to tussle. Back then, what's interesting is, is, is Moses had an Egyptian mindset. And Egyptians took their sandals off because that's how they would fight. They would, they would, they would put their feet in the sand. And God knew we, we're about to deal with some stuff. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus, for dealing with my stuff. He said, take sandals off. This is another thing about taking sandals off. If you ever, if you read the book of Ruth, when um, the first in line of the inheritance, um, Boaz came to him and says, hey, you, you got to, if you, if you take uh, Naomi, because their husbands died, because that's how you preserve the name, is somebody in the family takes the wife and, and to preserve the, her, the name. So, so it's like you inherit the widow. 
okay? And he's like, you, you got to take Ruth too. And he's like, look, I can't handle all that. And so what did he do? He took his sandal off as a, as a means to surrender the rights, took the sandals off to surrender the rights of the inheritance and give it to Boaz. So when we come before God, God is saying, take your sandals off, surrender your rights on my territory. Yeah, it's quiet in this Presbyterian church this morning. It's a beautiful thing. Holy ground is about what John the Baptist said, less of me and more of him. That there is a surrender. Moses took his sound off to surrender of rights. You may have a reason to be offended, but in Christ, we don't have the right to live offended. We might have a reason to slap somebody upside the head. Anybody had a reason to crack somebody over the last seven days? Just, just a reason, okay? Of those of you with your hands raised, who did it? Who slapped them? No, I'm just kidding. Put your hand down. <laughs> Surrender of right. Look at this. Look, this is the gospel. This is the gospel. Jesus said, if you want to come after me, you must first... Holy ground, deny yourself, take your shoes off. Take up your cross and follow me. We can't adequately follow Jesus without first, primarily, primero, surrendering our rights. Hallelujah. Then the Lord said to him, take your sandals off your feet surrender the rights for the place where you stand is holy ground holy ground is where god handles business verse 34 i have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in egypt i have heard their groaning and have come to deliver them and now come i will send you to egypt look at that the assignment, the, the, the perp, like the, Moses' purpose was to bring God's people out of Egypt. But do you understand? We talk a lot about purpose, but we don't talk a lot about surrender. Surrender is first. There is no purpose in God without first taking our shoes off. That, there is no assignment till that is done. Because we will muddy up the assignment. We will mess that thing up. Come on, somebody. And God's like, no, holy ground. Holy ground. Sanctify, set apart, purify. Take your shoes off. First. Surrender first. Give up your rights first. Then I will drop on you the assignment. I mean, that is, that is the gospel. That is our purpose. Why? The purpose of God is so beautiful. It is so powerful. It is Christ in the earth. But in order for us to manifest all that he is, his presence, his love, to those we are assigned to, we must let go of something first. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. And what is that? It's a journey. This is, this is it right here, church. Holy ground. God wants to have that moment with you. Think about this. Think about how God anointed this person. Number one, he was raised by people, wasn't even his real mom, his real daddy. You know what I mean? The process of all that. He was raised in an environment he wasn't ethnically a part of. Something in him is like, this ain't even right. I mean, he was, he, this, I mean, Egyptians, extremely intelligent. I mean, the science and architecture. I mean, the man was brilliant based on the environment he was raised in. But something in his heart said, man, this ain't even right. So he tries to deliver him, kills the guy, buries him, and bounces. 40 years in the wilderness. I mean, he's a fugitive. He's, he's living in the wilderness. Ain't not, and God, and what started this for a man was such a questionable history and God used him to deliver a nation from the world power simply because he took his shoes off. He took his shoes off. Check it out. And even after this, we won't get all into it. He had his struggles because he kept saying, well, who am I? And, and I stutter. And he had all his excuses. But it started with a man that wasn't all together that special per se. I mean, he had his issues and... All he did was surrender. He said, all right, my rights are up. It's amazing what God will do with one person that will say, okay, I'm going to give up that right. I'm going to give up that right to get offended. I'm going to give up that right to gossip. I'm going to give up that right to hurt somebody's feelings because they hurt me. I'm going to give up that right to be controlled by my own insecurities. I'm going to give up that right to, I'm going to give up the right to sink into, into, into anxiety and depression. I'm going to get in Christ. I'm going to give, I don't have that right. The struggle is real because he still had to walk through his stuff, but it started with saying, God, I surrender my rights. You have, one more time here, and we're going to dismiss. Verse 34, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their groaning, and I've come down to deliver them. See, we're crying, God, come and do something in our city. But he's like, yeah, I am actually here through you. Like, that's what you're here for. Because he's like, I'm coming down to deliver them. Moses like, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Well, actually, it's you, Moses, that are going to do it. Right? Sometimes I think we separate God doing something great from us. Like, oh, yeah, God, come. Sovereignly just move so we don't have to do anything. <laughs> I'm not saying he can't do that. But he's chosen to use you. I believe revival is going to happen at Mendez High School. You know why? Because Mrs. Tonkovich and Amelia are there. Yeah. Irene's like, don't put that kind of pressure on me. Because they're there. I mean, we started a group there, but then Irene, who's a counselor there, was like, I want to lead that group. I'm like, Revival. Think about the power of that. I mean, I, I was in growth track today, all excited that we have somebody on staff at Mendes High School leading a connect group at the school. 
Man. We have one of the um, teachers there, Amelia, is, is, is on our kids' church team. Like, the, she's a special ed teacher. She serves here. Like, revival's going to happen over there. I have surely seen the oppression of my people in Boyle Heights, who are in Boyle Heights, who are in Los Angeles, who are in your workplace. I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in your world, in your life. I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their groaning. I've heard their groaning. I have come down to East LA to deliver them. I have come down to Boyle Heights to deliver them. Come down to Utah Street Elementary School to deliver them. I have come down to Mendez High School to deliver them. I've come down to your workplace and, and your environment and your neighborhood to deliver them. And now come, I will send you. Yeah, we like the first part. I will send you. You know what? The Bible says the glory of God's going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. You know how he's going to cover the earth? Through you. The glory of God's in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Here we go. This is my last point. Worship team, come on up. You are the answer to someone else's oppression. You are the answer. Moses, you are the answer. I'm speaking to a bunch of Moseses. Moses, you are the answer. You are the answer. I'm going to send you to Egypt. I'm going to send you. I want to send you. You're called to make a difference. I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you. You are the difference maker. You are the one called to make a difference. Holy ground is when God sovereignly shows up, we surrender, and he sends us. I'm going to say it one more time. This is it today. Holy ground is when God sovereignly puts his hand on you, and you say, yes. And he says, go. I'm going to say it again. This is holy ground. So when God sovereignly puts his hand on you. I believe every person in here is here today because God has sovereignly put his hand on you. Man didn't do it. Church didn't do it. The way you grew up, no. God put his hand on you. Put his hand on you. Every background in here, every, every struggle you went through, God has put his hand on you. Put his hand on your life. Put his hand on your life. Jesus, the creator of the universe, has put his hand on you. Of all people. Think about it. Of all people in your family, bam. God's like you. It's not that we chose him. It's that he chose us. I'm here to tell you right now, you've been selected. 
you've been selected. And you say, Pastor John, this is too big, too big for me. I know, same with Moses. Dusty dude in the wilderness for 40 years. Probably, probably looking all wildernessy. You know what I'm saying? Like he ain't looking the part. He's about to go to the most intelligent people in the universe or in the, in the world. The most powerful nation and be like, yo, let him go. Let my people go. God has put his hand on your life. And what does that mean when God puts his hand on our life? He's saying, what you going to let go of? Every last one of us, there's something to let go of. There's something to let go of. What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? Sometimes it's, it's, the, it's you beating yourself up. You need to let go of that. You're saying, man, I should have been a lot further down the road than I am. Yeah, so has everybody. Think about Moses. Sometimes he'll put his hand on you when you think you're at your worst. And he's like, oh, I got good big things for you. <laughs> Some of y'all were literally strung out on the street. God's like, bam, I got good things for you, Jeff. I got good things for you. I got a nate. There's a, I mean, he went up in the wilderness to see this dude and there was a nation inside of him. The, his history and environment did not testify of the greatness in him. I said, your history and your immediate environment does not testify of the greatness that's inside of you. You are the answer to someone else's oppression. I said, you're the answer to someone else's oppression. I'm going to say it one more time. Holy ground is where God sovereignly puts his hand on you. You surrender and he says, go. <laughs> Woo! Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for listening to the message. If you've been encouraged and inspired, give us a great review and share it with a friend today. Also, if you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our powerful weekend gatherings. For more info and directions, follow us at My Sanctuary LA. Be blessed.